This is the big pond. Ask anyone who's been to the Berlin International Film Festival, the Berlinale they call it, what they remember most about it. Maybe it's the scale, some 400 films across 14 theaters across 10 days. Maybe it's the weather. The festival unfolds across the first weeks of February and Berlin's piercing cold is legend. But I bet money most will tell you what they remember most is Dieter Koslick in his black fedora and red wool scarf on the red carpet at theaters around the city, welcoming filmmakers and filmgoers from around the globe to their screenings. Film screenings that provoke, pay homage, compete, ignite. Dieter is one of the film world's most gregarious, hilarious, and controversial film festival directors. He's put a stamp on this legendary festival for 18 years and kicked up a lot of dust in the process. This most recent festival, the 69th Berlinale, was Dieter's last. Here, for the big pond, Dieter Koslick's last red carpet ride, produced by the Kitchen Sisters. I grew up in a very tiny village in South Germany. Like all these tiny villages, it was very narrow. I don't want to say narrow-minded, but it was special-minded. Everybody was controlling. Yeah, you had to wear a uniform, even if you didn't wear a uniform, but you had to be like all other people. I'm Dieter Kosling. I'm running the Berlin International Film Festival since 2002. I grew up as a single boy, a little bit lost uh, in universe. Not in translation, but in universe. My father died when I was three months old in an accident in, in a factory. It was just after the war in 1948. Everything was destroyed. My mother had to work and she dropped me each morning in a bakery down a basement. It was the house where I grew up. There was a paradise for me uh, and had the best smell in my life. My mother was cooking. It was always fresh from our little garden. So I had this privilege to have real food. I was an older boy when I was five years old, up to my 19th birthday. I was a silent kid, yeah, up to the moment when I got my Fender Stratocasters. Then I became loud, which is actually a great film about guitar players. It might be loud. Yeah, it's the red carpet. Yeah, and I'm just act on the red carpet here. Christian Bale is doing his press conference. Crowded like mad. I'm Dieter Kosnick. I'm running the Berlin International Film Festival since 2002. Panicking is a big part of the job. You still get the panic, even if you are a professional in the red carpet business. It's a new red carpet, by the way, entirely recyclable. It's from old fisher net, and it can't be recycled again, so nothing harms the environment. I am Thomas Struck. My friends call me Tommy. I am with the Berlin International Film Festival, 
which is celebrating the Bye Bye edition or Bye Bye to Dieter Korsik, who is the head of the film festival for 18 years. I guess I am the oldest, how do you say, companion in the film world. Before the film, he was in local politics in Hamburg. He studied communications. We were a group of disorganized anarchistic filmmakers looking for someone who could organize public relations and so on. We said, well, let's try Dieter. Then he wanted to make a film festival. It was a good film festival. It was, had the incredible title, the European Low Budget Film Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great pleasure to welcome you to tonight's Competition the history of the Berlinale is a political history. I mean, it was founded in 1951 in the Cold War to understand each other in the world. I mean, this is the most important political issue in 1951, and I have to say it's the most important issue now to understand each other in the world. Are you aware that it was the Americans founding this festival? This festival was given to the Berliners by the Americans? I'm Thomas Heiler, I'm the curator of the festival. Once the Americans had liberated my country, before they left, they started building up this country again. Besides the library, the Congress Center and all this what we leave, the last step of the Marshall Plan was we also leave a film festival. With Marshall's idea in the first place, he's the foreign minister of the USA. He sprang the idea in a speech last year in America. First he pointed out what a tough time all Europe was having. The Berlin Film Festival was definitely a creature of the whole Marshall Plan post-war public diplomacy effort. I'm Sandra Schulberg, founder of Indie Collect. My father, Stuart Schulberg, and my uncle, Bud Schulberg, were both part of the field photographic branch within the OSS, headed by John Ford, sent over to Germany with this task of locating Nazi footage that could be used as evidence at the Nuremberg trial. My father made the first Marshall Plan film in 2004. We did a 40-film retrospective of Marshall Plan films for the Berlin Film Festival. The festival was founded in 1951 to give Berliners a window on the rest of the world and bring the rest of the world to Berlin. It was post-war Germany, nothing was rebuilt. People were still showed that they had a war behind them. There was a lot of poverty, but there was also a big hunger, a big hunger for what the world has to bring and what the world has to show. Please take your seats now. This festival was nations delegating their films to bring to the Berliners. First that won a golden bear was a Disney nature documentary about beavers. Vital to his security is the water level in his pond, which he maintains by a truly remarkable dam. This he builds in my Good everybody. Good evening. This is so wonderful to be here. And I'd want to pay tribute to this wonderful jury led by the incredibly beautiful and talented Juliette Binoche. Can I ask you something about the role of a jury president as far as awards are concerned. Are they important? Well, they're symbols. The beer, is it real silver? It's much more silver than the Oscar is gold. <laughs> Welcome back to Berlin at the Berlinale, Mr. Roy. Roy has been chief curator of film at the Museum of Modern Art. When Dieter took over the film festival, there was nervousness, concern to have this brash new guy 
come in. I'm Regenda Roy. I'm the chief curator of film at the Museum of Modern Art. I'm here in Berlin, as I am every year for the last 21 years at the Berlin Film Festival. This year, I am on the international competition jury. The first one I was invited to was in 98. At that point, the festival was still in the Old West. The Zopalast was the main venue. It had a very, very different vibe and spirit. It felt much more formal, very much part of the history of Berlin that was involved in a divided city. I remember my first year here, you would walk in and they would introduce the screening and there'd be a guy dressed in like historic costumes with a horn and he would go like blow his horn to start the screening. I was like, my God, it's so serious. Dieter, he could laugh at that. This is what Dieter brought to the Berlinale, the, the new ideas and the flair to persuade studios to bring their movies here to persuade the stars. Why bother to come to Berlin? He, to this cold weather, but he persuaded them. I'm Rudolf Biermann, film producer, live in Slovakia, and in 1989, when the Velvet Revolution started, was a peaceful change of the communist regime to a democratic regime in former Czechoslovakia. It was Dieter, in a group of experts, explaining us from the eastern countries, helping to teach us how it worked here, to start to make a movies because there is no state company doing it. And we became a good friends. I'm going to this festival every year since 1990, when the border opened, when Berlin became one city. Berlinale was broken. They were living from the past. The past was famous because it was in West Berlin, which was an island in between Eastern Germany. There was no marketing, no glamour. And I think Dieter understand that. But the people were telling that he's expanding too much, that there are too many films and too many screens, and it's everywhere in Berlin, but it's, <laughs> it's exactly what was the idea, to expand the festival and to bring it to the people new ideas and the flair. Mr. Martin Scorsese and the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Charlie Watts and Ron Wood. We're very pleased to be here. I'd like to thank Dieter Koslik, the director of the festival, for inviting us. This is the first time that a documentary concept film like this has ever opened a festival. We're very honored that such a thing could happen to our movie. Dieter Koslik, as he greets you on the red carpet, he wears a hat, he wears a red scarf, he has a look. My name is Michael Barker, co-president of Sony Pictures Classics. The thing about Dieter is he just tries new things. And his gift has to do with putting people together. Filmmakers together with people in the film industry and presenting films as a showman. I have done 18 years, 18 Berlinale. We have introduced to the festival each year a kind of special program. The most famous one is uh, Talent Campus. It was just before the invention of the Americans in Iraq, 2002. I was in as a new director and I thought, um, we have to do something. I mean, something is wrong at the Berlinale because we don't have enough young people there. And something is wrong in the world because young people have to understand each other. So we started to invite 500 young people. We paid for this. 
and invited them to the kind of winter school, like a summer school in Sundance. Bring them together with all the people who are on the red carpet, I mean the professionals, the famous people, and learn them that you have to work with people from all over the world if you want to make films. My name is Peter. I'm the producer for Demons. I'm from Singapore. My first encounter with the festival is at the panorama section. I'm doing jury work there. It gives me the platform to actually um, experience a big festival for the first time. Dieter has done so much for cinema. In the last 18 years, um, he has developed um, Berlin into one of the most important film festivals. It was in the talents section. I discovered a lot of very bright filmmakers from Asia and given a platform you know, to show their works to the rest of the world here. He changed my life as a director. Having me two times in competition was a huge change for me. This is Alain Gomis, I'm from Senegal. I won the Silver Bear two years ago with my film Felicity, and it was a huge change. It seems like we're in a, like a five-star restaurant. It doesn't look like a tent at all. It's like a special tent, all red and velvet. I am Dian Sastrowardoyo, and I'm an actress from Indonesia. We just screened our movie, Aruna and Her Ballad, and right now we're having this dinner and introducing the Indonesian food that was from the film. When I took over the Berlinale, there was only bad food on these buffets, which I hate anyway, and there was bad wine. And I said, no way, I mean, why, why should we serve bad food? Yeah, we have to do something uh, against this. The culinary cinema, when we had this idea to do this as a cinema event during the Berlinale Film Festival, we have been always talking about who could be involved in this and who could make a really great international kickoff. Everybody says, you should have Alice Waters. Alice Waters. Yes, yes. Who can connect Alice Waters? And I said, who is the living internet in the world, it's Tom Luddy. This is Tom Luddy. I'm co-director and founder of the Telluride Film Festival. And He's a kind of cinema red cross. You can ask him everything. And I called Tom Luddy and I said, by the way, do you know Alice Waters? Yes, I know her very well. I lived with her for several years. I named Shea Panisse and we're best friends. Uh, nothing could be easier. I just going to call her right now and hand you the phone. And then there was what I call the Tom Luddy action show. And then there was Alice Waters and she was on an airport. And then I think she thought, where's this crazy German who wants to talk with me about the culinary cinema? Dieter told me that he was the first slow food member in Germany. They began the organization in Berlin. And that, of course, endeared me to him. I'm Alice Waters of Chez Penny's Restaurant and founder of the Edible Schoolyard Project. I was asked to come to Berlin to be part of this culinary cinema in its infancy. I knew that Carla Petrini was going to be there, president of Slow Food International. I thought, I need to go. It was an experiment. Everybody wanted to get in and eat after the film, and it was a small place, kind of chaotic. Chefs coming and cooking for the culinary cinema from around the world. Food has a story. Food is nothing abstract. Food is something which is uh, an expression of people. I am Thomas Struck. 
I'm in charge of Kulinarisches Kino, a culinary cinema. That means that we connect food and film. Food is always a medium of memory. Food and film are an opportunity to feed people ideas. This is Davia Nelson of the Kitchen Sisters, February 8th, 2008, the Berlin Alley, the screening of Food, Inc. We've never had food companies this powerful in our history. Everything we've done in modern agriculture is to grow it faster, fatter, bigger, cheaper. My name is Michael Pollan. I'm a journalist, and I participated in the making of Food, Inc. The film is an attempt to peel back the curtain on the food system. I'm Eric Schlosser, one of the co-producers of Food, Inc., It was a real honor and a privilege to see this documentary projected on the biggest stage in all of Europe in a wild and bizarre East German entertainment palace that was originally commissioned by the Iraqi government, supposed to be shipped to Iraq in pieces. And at the last minute, the Iraqi government refused to pay for it, so instead it was built in East Berlin. It is a kitschy, East German Radio City Music Hall. I love it. Food's about everything, about land, about land grabbing, about poor people. Farming, chemical fertilizer, it's about industry, human rights, paying people correct, it has to be fair. The most controversial about me since the very beginning is film critics are criticizing that I'm doing a political cinema. The so-called issue-driven films This is what they criticize most about me. But I have to say, if you run a cultural initiative and a film festival is a cultural initiative, especially in Berlin, because we sell 350,000 tickets and 500,000 times people go in 10 days in the cinema. It's the biggest public-driven film festival in the world. As a director, I have to do this with a kind of political statement. People like George Clooney, Richard Gere, and Spike Lee, and I mean, everybody who came here and normally walked the red carpet, they suddenly made a statement on the red carpet. Yeah, this is really great that it worked like this. Otherwise, by the way, it would have been pretty boring. Yeah. I'm Alberto Barbera, the director of the Venice Film Festival. As you know, it is a real fight or against the pollution and plastic, climate change. Dieter is really fighting for something good, good food, uh, electric cars. They impose Audi to have only electric cars inside the festival. All the cars that are working to transport the gas are electric cars. What he did here in Berlin, there is no other festival in the world that could do that should be seen as a, an example of what all the directors of the festival should do. I am Daniela Michel, I'm the founding director of the Morelia Film Festival in Mexico. I've come to this festival many, many years. We had the opportunity to celebrate a Berlinale program in Morelia. Dieter was there, he's been very kind to Mexican filmmakers, to Mexican culture. He's a mensch. 8 o'clock p.m., February the 12th, 2010. The snow had stopped falling, covering the square with an immaculate white carpet. Around 2,000 people had gathered in front of the Brandenburg Gate, which was hidden by a colorful curtain 
made of recycled billboards of the Berlinale, turning the square into an open-air movie theater. 21 years ago, here people were literally tearing down the Berlin Wall. Now they watched a giant patchwork rising to unveil a masterpiece of cinema, Metropolis, by Fritz Lang. Metropolis motif. Shown after more than 80 years for the first time in a complete version. I've just seen a film called Vai in the native section. Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, very much about women by seven or eight female directors, which seems to be one of the central themes this year. Very powerful, very emotional. My name's Uti Roj, and we're going to see a film about Brecht. It's a festival film, which means anybody and everybody can come. The federal president, Frank-Walter Steinmeier, and his wife have just walked in. The Commissioner of Culture and the Media is also here. Gives you a great communal feeling, sitting in a big cinema, watching a film with 2,000 people. Once you pick more than two films, they start immediately start talking to each other behind your back. And this is the way, this is the way it goes. This year we are the first A-list festival having seven female directors in competition. And Agnes Varda will come presenting a beautiful new film. But this is something you wish for, but you can't force it. It happens, and luckily it, it happened this year. It is the idea that it needs to be more than just a good film, or more than just nice talent on the red carpet. There needs to be a deeper sense. There needs to, uh, to be a bigger story, a bigger narration that leads us through the whole 10 days. Agnes Varda to come up on stage and uh, festival director Dieter Koslik. I'm very proud to give you the Berlinale camera forever, Chez Agnes. Thank you, Dieter Koslik. It's always nice to receive an award. Recognition of my work and it's given with warmth. I know it. As you know, I did a film about the cleaner. I made a film about the squatters. My first film, I was with fishermen. So many important people have light on them and photo and film. So I like to have the feeling that other people deserve to be looked at very carefully. Close up of normal people on the wall. Because we are just fed up with stars selling perfume, selling cars. We like people selling nothing, having big faces on the wall. One of the greatest documentary filmmakers, Claude Lanzmann, just died. And this was exactly the peak of the discussion against the refugees in Germany and in Europe. And I said, who are these people, who are these politicians who don't remember that in 1938 there was a conference in Vichy of 36 states to talk about what to do with the Jewish people who had to run out of the fascist system and they decided we cannot do anything for these people. We have to send them back. And we know where they sent them. Yeah. And you think, did it happen? Claude Lanzmann, why did he make sure? He made it that we never, never, ever in our life will do such a thing. And then suddenly all these people are coming up. They say, all these refugees, we have to send them back. They are being tortured, they have been killed, they are starving. That's the moment you have really to fight back. You have to fight back with the films. Thank God there are a lot of filmmakers who make films who can't fight back. 
I think it's the most beautiful gift I get out of these 18 years that people really suddenly feel that they are connected with the cinema because this red carpet invited them to go to the cinema. The red carpet was before never democratic. People didn't really like go because they thought, oh, this is such an elite club. We are not invited to the champagne and we are not invited to the thing. We just have to pay for our ticket. This is we really changed in the past 18 years. So that it's a deconstructed red carpet. This is a big difference to a lot of red carpets I know. It was a great new start we had in 2002, and uh, it was a great time, I have to say. The first moment of panic never ended, because it's a film festival. And now I'm coming to an end uh, with the 69th Berlinale, and um, yeah. The German translation of goodbye is Auf Wiedersehen. And Auf Wiedersehen means see it again because nothing is uh, better than you see a film again. So, auf Wiedersehen. Yeah. Dieter Koslick's last red carpet ride was produced by the Kitchen Sisters, Davia Nelson and Nikki Silva, and mixed by Jim McKee. Produced in collaboration with Nathan Dalton and Brandy Howell, for the Big Pond. Thanks to the musicians whose music is heard in this story, A Nation Divided and the Parallax Waltz from Rebirth of a Nation by DJ Spooky and Kronos Quartet. Clearing Dawn Dance by Judd Greenstein, performed by Y Music. Day of the Dead by Ted Savaris. Balti, When in the West, and Denzel Sprack by Blue Dot Sessions. Metropolis Motif, recorded in 1927 by Gottfried Huppertz on Vox in Germany. The Overture to the Soundtrack of Winnetou, composed by Martin Butcher, and the theme music of the Berlin Alley. Thanks to all who were interviewed for this story, and especially to Dieter Koslick and the crack team at the Berlin Alley. This podcast is dedicated to Dieter and to Agnes Varda, whose spirit graced the 69th Berlin Alley and the world of film. together. You've been listening to The Big Pond, a series of dialogues between Germans and Americans, coming to you from PRX and the Goethe Institute.